Welcome to Victory Today. I trust that you are ready to receive some life-changing truths in the next few minutes because right now we are talking about the fact that God isn't angry with us, He's not holding our sins against us, but instead He's giving us what we don't deserve which is life in abundance, intimacy with himself, blessing, protection, provision, and promises galore. It is all good news, friend. We talked last time about the fact that the moment you were born again, you became just as forgiven as you will ever be. That's amazing. You aren't going to need to be cleaned up to stand before God in heaven one day. Oh no, the Bible declares that you have been made, past tense, you have been made, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is good, good news. But you know, the problem with that is that we struggle to enjoy this new life and the blessings associated with it because we know ourselves pretty well, don't we? And we know how often we fail. We know the kind of stuff we think about. We know what we did last week that we said we would never, ever do again. And so what happens? Our hearts condemn us. Isn't that right? I'm saying that even though we know that the word says that we are righteous, if we're honest, we don't often feel very righteous. Although the Bible says our sins have been forgiven and forgotten, you know, many of us, we struggle to accept that. And so what happens is we fall back into thinking that God is still in some way imputing sin to us. And so to counter that, we do all kinds of religious things to perform, to try and please God. Well, what's the problem with that? You know, there's millions of people around the world that are doing exactly that. You know, they figure, man, I did the wrong thing, so I'm just going to do this religious thing because God's holding that against me, and so I'll just do this religious activity, and that'll make everything right. What's the problem? What's the problem? The problem, friend, is that we haven't been established in righteousness. If we're doing those things, if that's our mindset, we haven't been established in righteousness. You see, Isaiah 54 and verse 14 says, In righteousness you shall be established, and oppression shall be far from you, and you shall not fear. And maybe you hear that today and you're like, I don't know, Andrew, I do struggle with fear. I do wrestle with depression, anxiety, and oppression. Well, according to the word of God, that's because although positionally you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you've not yet become established in that knowledge. You know it, you've heard it, maybe you've even declared it. But friend, that doesn't mean that you're living as though you are the righteousness of God. Does that make sense? In Isaiah 54 and verse 14 in the Amplified Translation, it makes this even clearer. It says, you shall establish yourself in righteousness and you shall be far from even the thought of oppression or destruction. For you shall not fear and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Can you hear that? It's saying that if you will make it your business to become established in righteousness, if you get into the word of God, if you go back over these messages I've been teaching lately, you hear them again, you meditate on what you've been learning, you will start to take that into your heart 
And these phenomenal truths will become real to you. They'll become life to you and peace to you. But until that happens, until you get a revelation of this, until you're established in righteousness, this is just going to be another religious concept that that really doesn't impact the way that you live. Think about it this way. If for your whole Christian life, you've thought that God is angry at you, that he's withholding from you. Maybe you feel like he's disappointed in you because of your sin, that he's not going to listen to your prayers. He's not going to grace you with his presence until you, you know, clean up your act and do a bunch of religious things and you promise to never, ever, ever mess up again. If that, friend, is how you've been thinking for the entirety of your Christian life, you aren't righteousness conscious, you're sin conscious. You are focused on sin, on your stuff-ups, on your mistakes. But here's the thing. The more you focus on sin, the more you fall into the trap of trying to do something in your own strength, some kind of religious activity to appease God, to get him to improve his view of you. But friend, when you understand that sin is not an issue for God anymore, when you understand that he loves you, that he only wants the best for you, when you grasp the fact that you are already right now in right standing with him, not because of your good deeds, but because of Jesus' perfect sacrifice. And no, you don't deserve it, but you realize that grace is actually you and I getting what Jesus deserves. When you get that, when you understand that right now today, God sees you as holy, pure, right, regardless of what you do or what you don't do. Friend, when you get a revelation of that, what happens is that that old sin conscience is replaced by a peace in your heart. It's replaced with a deep and abiding confidence in God and his goodness towards you. And you really do start to become established You know, that word established, it means to be strong and steady and secure. You become established in your right standing with him. And when you're established in righteousness, then you won't fear. Then you won't be oppressed or depressed or overcome by anything in this world. Why not? Because you know that you know that you know that the greater one lives in you and the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, when we started talking about what Jesus did to reconcile us to God, we looked at 2 Corinthians 5 verse 18 through 21. And we saw that God made Jesus, who never sinned, to become sin for us, so that we could be the righteousness of God. And we see just how significant, how transformative it is to be reconciled to God and made right with him in verse 17, where it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. But here, right here is where we get messed up. We, we love that verse. We've quoted it. We know it. But then what happens? We look in the mirror after a busy week of running hard and a bunch of late nights, and we're like, wow, I really don't look very perfect. 
today. I really don't look very holy. How could I be righteous? And then, you know, we get to thinking about how we lost it with the kids during the week and the the not so great thoughts we had about that person that we work with. And we recall all those feelings that we had throughout the week that were less than pure and holy. and, And we're like, how? How could I possibly be righteous and have all that stuff going on at the same time? But friend, when the Bible declares you to be righteous, listen carefully now, when the Bible declares you to be righteous, it's not talking about your body and it's not talking about your soul. That's your mind, your emotions and will. No, when you get born again, you do become a brand new creation. But you're no taller than you were before, right? You don't suddenly have 20-20 vision if you didn't have it before. And those attitudes, those feelings, those thoughts that you had prior to getting saved are just as much of an issue as they were before. In fact, often they're more of an issue because now you're conscious of them. So what changed? What is it that's brand new? What part of you is transformed? Friend, It's your spirit. It's your spirit that's changed, not your physical body and not your soul. Your soul doesn't get born again, friend. It is your spirit that is recreated, the Bible says, in righteousness and holiness and perfection. And that happens the moment that you receive salvation. Now, that is awesome, but it reveals something very, very important. And this is what I want you to get today. You can't rely on feelings, okay? And you certainly can't rely on emotions, nor can you rely on your natural mind, your reasoning to determine what you have in your spirit and who you are in God. Does that make sense? See, if you're trying to go by your feelings, you're going to have a bad day and then you're going to conclude that God doesn't love you, that he's distant from you, that he's not answering your prayers. If you go by reasoning, if you go by human logic, you'll conclude that grace, well, that just doesn't make sense. The only way that you're going to get your breakthrough from God is by human effort, by performance. And if you go by your senses, you'll read in the word where it says that by his stripes, you were healed. But because your body's still hurting and it still looks bad and the diagnosis is bad, you will conclude, for whatever reason, that God has, I don't know, don't understand it, but God has not healed me or maybe he's put this sickness on me to teach me a lesson because, you know, lately I've been a bit slack in my quiet times and I haven't been to church as much as I should have and and my attitude hasn't been great and maybe God's given me this thing to teach me a lesson. I'm saying that if you rely on your physical senses and your rational mind to try and gauge what is or is not happening in the spirit realm, if you use your senses and your natural mind to try and assess your standing with God, where you're at with God, I'm telling you, friend, you are going to get yourself messed up because when you got saved, your mind did not get transformed. When you got saved, your body didn't change, nor did your emotions change. Now, it may have been an emotional experience, but your emotions didn't change. What changed 
is your spirit. You got a brand new spirit. You got a perfect, clean, holy, and righteous spirit with which to connect with God. After all, God is a spirit, and we connect to Him, the Bible says, in spirit and in truth. So, what we're saying today is that what changed was your spirit. But you can't see your spirit with your natural eyes. You can't feel your spirit inside of your body. The only way you can tell what your new recreated spirit is like is by looking into the Word of God and using the Word of God like a mirror, like a mirror to reveal the real you, to reveal the born again you, the eternal you. Now, we're going to talk a whole lot more about this in the future. But for today, I want you to understand that you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. You are not your body. You inhabit a body. That's why the moment you die, that old body is going to fall in a heap on the floor, but your spirit is going to be with Jesus. So you have a soul That's your mind, your will, your emotions. You live in a body, but the real you, the part of you that connects with God, the eternal part of you is not your body, it's your spirit. And the way you discover what your born again spirit is like is by looking into the mirror of the word of God. This is so incredibly important. I can't stress how important it is that you understand this. James chapter 1 and verse 25 describes it when it says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, that's the word of God, and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. This one will be blessed in whatever he does. So you can't rely on your senses. You can't rely on your rational, logical mind to understand who you are in God and what he's given you. Instead, you have to look into the word of God and accept what it says about you, Even though in the natural, you might not look that way or feel that way or think you are that way. Can you see that because we are so used to taking our cues in life from how we feel and what it looks like and what our logic concludes, that unless we renew our minds to the word of God, unless we start living from the spirit, we're going to access everything according to our natural senses. We're going to try to get everything, try and understand everything, trying to interact with everything according and through our natural senses. And that's just not going to work because as we assess our standing with God and everything from the natural perspective, we are going to conclude, well, I'm not worthy. I'm ungodly. How how could God love me Uh, after all that I've done, after what I did last week and what I said and what I thought and what I didn't do? How could he possibly accept me, bless me, heal me? You know, I'll never get an answer to that prayer. I'll never get that breakthrough. Why do we do that? 
Why do we assume that God isn't pleased with us? Why do we feel so ungodly and unworthy and come to God pleading and begging for stuff? Simply because, friend, we are living in the natural realm. The Bible calls that the flesh because we're living in the flesh rather than the spirit. And when you live that way, you're constantly aware of your faults, of your failings, of your sins. You're aware of all of that stuff rather than being aware of his goodness, his grace. The fact that your sin is no longer an issue. It's not a barrier or a blockage. It's no longer clouding the way that God sees you. Now, as I said in a previous message, the fact that God no longer holds your sin against you, well, that's awesome. But the impact on you when you continue to sin, that's terrible. God still loves you, but sin, friend, is incredibly costly. So I am certainly not saying today that because God isn't counting your sins against you, well, you just ought to go out there and sin. No, just the opposite. For now, all you need to understand is that when you sin as a Christian, it affects your physical body, it impacts your mind, and it impacts your emotions. Satan uses your decision to sin, the Bible says, to steal, kill, and destroy. But he cannot touch your spirit. Your spirit, the real you, is just as pure right now as it was the instant that you got born again. It's as righteous as it will ever be for all eternity. The real you, friend, has been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And sin can't penetrate that. Which is why you don't lose your right standing with God every time you sin. That never fluctuates. It won't ever be compromised. It won't ever be tainted. And because of that... God sees you today as clean, as holy, pure, even though you aren't that way in your physical body. And when you get that, you'll start to understand how the real you in your born-again spirit can approach God today with absolute confidence. You can come boldly into his presence. You can receive by faith all of the precious promises that grace has made available, even though you haven't done anything anything to deserve it. You haven't done all those religious things that you should have done or could have done. You haven't done all the right things in your natural man. No, it doesn't matter. I'm telling you, friend, right now at this moment, you are alive with Christ. You are free from the law of sin and death. You have the mind of Jesus. You have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding right now today. You have the greater one living inside of you who is far greater than he who is in the world. You're a new creation. You're a child of God. In him you have no lack. For your God supplies all of your needs according to his riches in glory. You can quench all of the fiery darts of the enemy with your shield of faith. You can do all things through him who strengthens you. You're a joint heir with Christ. You're more than a conqueror through him who loves you. You are an overcomer, the Bible says, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Friend, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You're forgiven of all your sins. You are washed in the blood of Jesus. You're delivered from the power of darkness. You're a member of God's kingdom. 
You're redeemed, the Bible says, from the curse of sin. You're redeemed from sickness and poverty. You are healed by the stripes of Jesus, raised up with Christ, seated in heavenly places, greatly loved by God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. You do not have a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind. It is not you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. And friend, because the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Well, let that be an encouragement to you today. I have preached myself happy just sharing it with you, and I trust that it's brightened your day. Let the truth of God's word, friend, establish you in righteousness. And do not ever forget that in him, You're a victor and not a victim. Amen. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe so you'll always know when there's a new episode. And while you're at it, leave a review or a five-star rating because that really helps for other people to find the Victory Today podcast. God bless, and I'll be back with you again really soon.